0: Okay, so on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Pereira. Coach, welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast.
1: Hey, Coach Davis, thank you very much for having me. Uh, pleasure to be on here today.
0: Yeah, By the way,
1: I, I, before I go any farther, yeah. I saw your podcast, came across it, saw the name of it, Mind of a Coach. It caught my attention immediately. I was like, okay. really? Yeah, oh, absolutely. The name alone, I jumped right on it. Uh, So great name, great podcast, by the way.
0: Oh well, thank you. Uh, You know, it's really interesting, Coach. I started doing this 2017, and it's because I was too lazy to write a book. (laughs) 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 Like, Coach, that is the real story of how did this happen? It's I just didn't have the time or the drive to do that.
1: Uh, It's all good with me. I love it.
0: Hey, that's cool. Would you say? So for people that wouldn't know this, besides you and me, you sent me an email, said, "Hey, I listen to a podcast. I'd like to come on," and I I love that. I think it's awesome. I love having people like, "Hey, let me let's come on, let's talk," because this is just a conversation between two coaches, and, and it's really right. cool that you did that. Thank you for doing that.
1: Uh, glad I could. Uh, you know, I, I found out we, you and I have a, a bit of a connection, slightly. And listening to one of the podcasts, I was like, "Okay, this is kind of cool." I, I've done a couple of other podcasts, so I was like. Why not? Might as well. Might as well pipe in and see.
0: Heck yeah! So, what other podcasts have you done, Coach? Uh,
1: I did uh, run the power. Um, okay. And then I did one tied into a a group of us coaches that are single wing guys.
0: Coach, that's like its own secret handshake, isn't it? That's like kind you got to be in the club. You know what I mean? Not,
1: yeah, you know, and there's a, there's a bunch of those clubs, you know. But um, the, this group that I've gotten in was a pretty special group. Uh, good guys. Heck yeah,
0: I saw a clinic video from the one that's done in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Is there a clinic up there? Single and, uh,
1: conclave. Yeah, I spoke at that two years ago. Okay. Yeah.
0: And somebody shared a video with me, but they basically made me swear I never share it with anybody, anybody uh, else. <laughs> they were hey. like, "This only your eyes only," you know.
1: That's great. No, they're good guys, and you know that was my first time ever getting in with them. And um, right off the bat, we all a bunch of us kind of hit it off. And, you know, so we, we keep in touch here and there. It's pretty cool. Heck, yeah, that's awesome,
0: Coach. So, Coach, before we go any further, please give the listener a little background about yourself, and we'll just we'll go from there.
1: Sure. So, um, you know, my, my journey into coaching was, I guess, somewhat unique uh, compared to others. Uh, first of all, as a kid, I was a big fan. Uh, grew up in a Christian home. Where uh, in Rhode Island at the time, uh, where youth football was played on Sundays, so that was out the door for me. Couldn't play youth football. Uh, moved to North Carolina. I was getting as I was going into high school. Uh, Dad went back into the Marines after being a civilian for a number of years, and so uh, I got to uh, do my high school years at Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina, um, right on base, and uh, that was a great experience. To be perfectly honest with you, loved it. Uh, But as a kid, uh, we did get that Christmas present one time, uh, electric football, uh, the little guys that vibrate on the board. Heck, yeah. uh, Loved playing that game, loved the strategy involved in it. And between that and watching a lot of college ball as a kid uh, in high school, those coaches back in the the mid-'80s, I'm aging myself now, but those coaches back then were kind of my heroes. I thought they were cool, and Mm. I thought i to be one of those one day. So that's kind of how I started in that direction. Um, but with that said, uh, I didn't play college ball. I uh, attended Liberty University, um, late '80s, early '90s. Now you were a Liberty guy too, right?
0: Yeah, that would have been. Oh gosh, but I was. I graduated in 2008.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two different schools, and uh, now it's now the Liberty today. Unbelievable to look at now. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was there, you know, I'll just tell a quick thing. You know, Dr. Falwell was the hero. Everybody knows that. Oh yeah. You know, um, he used to get up in our chapel services and and say routinely, one of these days, Liberty will be playing Notre Dame, Catholics versus the Christians. It's gonna happen, and we'd be, you know, we cheered, but we didn't believe a word of it. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, and we're right on the brink of that that's coming. Mm-hmm. And you know, his vision and and seeing it through where it is now is is outstanding. It's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, it's a God thing. We all know that. Uh, but um, got out of college, got married and uh, literally about four years into our marriage when I realized, all right, it's time to chase the dream a little bit. Mm. So after a while, I switched careers, got into coaching uh, thought the only way i would get into high school coaching would be a youth coach i thought that was the only way to do it i didn't know any better so i coached two years of youth football and then uh spent six years in new hampshire that's where my wife is from it's where we were living at the time uh coaching in three different programs there
2: mm. and,
1: uh, all three programs were in the same league in the same level so i guess for all intents and purposes they were rivals uh, but it was one year at one school a startup school one year at a a Catholic school. We won the state championship. Oh wow! And then I went to a school that was in its third year of existence as a football program. Uh, as the defensive coordinator there, mm. and we went to a state championship, to a state semifinal uh, during that time. Uh, and a good program there. That was Kearsarge High School. Mm-hmm. And then my wife and I finally decided we wanted to move south. I, I was begging her. I wanted to get south. So we came to Virginia and I spent four years at Essex high school in a little town called Tappahannock, mm. uh, where highly, uh, very, 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 uh, successful program there. My first year at Essex, uh, we go to the state championship. Lose oh, it, geez. Uh, Man. So, so I went to three state championships in six years and I'm thinking to myself, well, this ain't that hard. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. Been there, and uh, done that.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, my final year there we were ranked number one in the state the entire season and lost in the state semis Mm. um and then uh the position opened up an hour away at york high school Mm. uh for head football coach that was always you know my dream and so i took that job in 2007 and um entering my 15th year this Mm. fall at at york's so i've been a head coach at one place and uh, lord willing i'm I'm never going to leave that. I'll be there until I'm done.
2: So,
1: are mm-hmm. very excited, very happy about my program there. Um, and we've we've done well. Haven't been to any state championships. We've been close. Uh, mm-hmm. And we we've won. Uh, well, we've gone to the playoffs ten out of fourteen years
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that I've been there, and uh, pretty well known as a competitive program, uh, at least in the eastern part of Virginia for sure. So,
0: mm-hmm. and that's we were talking. Yeah, and we were talking about your helmets too. Those things are awesome, by the way. It's like it's the Michigan look. Yeah. I think that's that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and a few years back I decided we needed to get some old school in us after a bad year. Um, and we went with it. And the kids, you know, some of them they're some were somewhere back and forth. And and then they've all bought in. They all realize now there's there's something about that helmet, the uniqueness of it, the originality, mm-hmm. the history of the helmet. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a football historian, so I know that's the original design, you know, that was Mm -hmm. ever put on a football helmet. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, it's cool to have. We put Mm. stars on it, you know, throughout the year.
0: Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, and we were talking about how we're going to do the Penn State look going forward. Just the one stripe. That's beautiful stuff right there.
1: That's sweet. You know, and and basically, eventually, if if you're doing well, it becomes your brand. yes yeah you know and and that's what you want to have you know if you want old school penn state as your brand by all means go for it uh i don't plan on changing this one i've changed my helmet four times since i've been at york oh wow yeah and but this one Mm. i'd be shocked if i walk away from this one Mm. Uh, i love it so
0: so this day and age it is very rare to see somebody be at one place that long yeah how have you how have you done that what what has allowed you to to do that because that's very impressive
1: it's a great question um it all begins and ends with the school and the administration mm. uh, if you have good administrators um a good athletic director uh people that support your program um, you know and of course you you love the kids that are there you know the school has its own personality uh, its own character uh, so I've had zero interest in going anywhere else um, mm. because of a lot of that. Now I've gone, you know, we've had four or five principals come through the current one. Her dad used to be the head coach at York years ago. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Uh,
1: she's all about it. And then the athletic director uh, I replaced as the head coach. Now he went to another school for about four years and then came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I coached both of their kids. Um, you know, oh, as cool. Coming through. So it's actually three kids one of them is now the head coach at a rival school at our mm. biggest rival so it's 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 now coming around i'm I'm realizing my age because I'm now coaching against former players you know uh, they're young but um, mm. that when you start seeing that circle come around you're like, okay, we've been here a minute.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. so yeah. when you when you first got there, I want to go take a little time machine here yep. What yep. what, are the th- what were the things that you installed and you said, this is going to be me going forward, how we do things?
1: It's a great question. There's a couple of things I'll say about that, uh, a few things. But um, my first year was survival. Uh, mm. I was hired, I think, officially July 1st. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so we kind of threw it together quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember hanging on for dear life that first year, and I inherited a program that, had fallen on a couple of kind of rough years after being pretty successful. Uh, there was some entitlement with that senior group. Uh-huh. Um, nothing, nothing new, right? I mean, that happens in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a bit of a struggle with that. Uh, it was not my program the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I remember walking in and having that list of rules and mm-hmm. a contract that they had to sign. And after that first year, my offensive coordinator um, at the time, who spent 12 years with me, he pulled me aside. He was a former head coach. He pulled me aside one day, and he goes, you really got to be careful with this contract thing. And I said, why? He goes, because you put yourself into a box. Mm. You, know, you could have 8,000 rules. You could have two rules. No matter what you have, if you make them sign it, you have now put yourself into a box that you might not be able to climb out of. And he's mm. right about that and so i remember that january after we survived that season we went three and seven and mm-hmm. we were you know we had some talent coming back but i remember walking into the weight room in january with my coaching staff closing the door with it locked and telling the guys this is how it's going to go from now on
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this it's our program you're either in or you're out this is how it's going to be and mm-hmm. Those early years, we were we were really tough on those guys. Uh, we we didn't take a whole lot of bull from anybody at all, mm-hmm. and it, it it did put our program kind of uh, in the right direction, mm-hmm. and we started winning pretty quick after that, uh, you know, thanks to some good talent and some great coaching, uh, but. You know, there's certain things with the program, I'll tell you, you know, I'm I'm all about the integrity of the program. I tell players and parents every year I hold the integrity of the program above any player or coach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I, I'm not, you know, I'm gonna be there for every kid I could possibly be there for. But if you're if you are killing my program, route. Mm-hmm. I have too many other coaches and kids to answer for down the road. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm very honest with recruiters when they come in Mm. don't beat around the bush with them and i tell the kids that too Mm -hmm. if if you deserve your shot you're going to get your shot Mm -hmm. You're going to be trusted by me and you know my staff and all that Mm. we're pretty big on that stuff and then you know we've established our culture uh you know i'll talk later about the culture a little bit but uh, we certainly have a very definitive culture that we've got going on there Mm -hmm.
0: so how has that evolved? You were talking about, he talk, the, your office coordinator said, hey, don't put yourself in a box. How has that evolved to now? What does that look like for you now with team rules and expectations and those kind of things?
1: Yeah, um, it, it's real simple. Uh, the school rules themselves take care of about 85% of the rules that I need to worry about. Mm, yeah. And so what was happening was, you know, I established these rules and some of those rules were um, above – how the school would handle certain things mm-hmm. and so what was happening you know or what could have happened would be you know i kick a kid off the team for this i'm i'm we're in a public school i'm eventually gonna have to answer to people above me if the parents go and complain about it right and so what i decided was i'm just gonna let my administrators get involved with me in certain elements of things you know if it's a situation where we cannot help the kid then we move on mm-hmm. uh, and i've only removed a couple in my
0: years mm-hmm.
1: um mm-hmm. of the time we're going to do everything we can to help the kid out as much as we possibly can. Of course. You know, and and that's just how it goes. But as far as how it's evolved, I threw away the contract year two Mm -hmm. and we tell them what the expectations of the school are. We tell them, you know, our simple expectations are this. You put in an effort, you're a great teammate, class act, Uh, leave this place in a better place than you found it. You know, and you do what you're supposed to do. I mean, it's as simple as that.
2: And Mm.
1: you don't really get a whole lot deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they realize pretty quick if they've done wrong and they've disappointed either myself or the admins or my coaching staff. So,
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. I think expectations is the best way to do it because when you start attaching penalties as a coach – like you said, it, that could run into somebody else's job. Yeah, you know, like a, a, a administrator has to get involved because my first year, I had a contract like that. Yeah, and I had to suspend a kid for a game because he mm-hmm. broke a rule, and it ended up working out like a couple of years later. But it wasn't good for that season. You know what yep. I mean? Like I shouldn't have handled it that way.
1: Yep, and you know, I, I've had to do a suspension here. I've had to do a suspension at the beginning of a game here. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've got great kids at york and and nine Mm -hmm. times out of ten it it fixes itself pretty quick sure Uh, you know it's rare that we have a continual problem with a kid uh Mm -hmm. and and if it's continual i finally just say dude i don't think you want to be here i mean yeah yeah you you might need to find something else um (laughs) anyway
0: yeah no doubt you know, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, Dr. Farwell. I'm going back a little bit in our conversation talking about playing playing Notre Dame. And uh, actually, I have become Catholic. Like in the last year, we've, we've joined the Catholic Church. And it's okay. funny. I'll tell people I went to Liberty. And I, I'm like, yeah, but I'm Catholic now. And they look at me like, wait a second, you know. Um, I think it's cool how and I, it kind of goes back to your, like we were talking about evolving. Like I think we all just kind of, we evolve and find our way. And high school kids are like that. Yeah. You know, like sometimes as freshmen, they come out and you're like, I can't, this, this young man is going to drive me insane, <laughs> you know, but then yeah. he, he evolves as, as he gets older.
1: Oh, how many times do you see that? Uh, shoot, we had a lady the other day in our school. She's a paraeducator, uh, just retired. And uh, her mm. grandson played for me about six years ago mm. and she walked up and gave me a big hug and said, thank you for everything you did for him. Cause he ended up going and playing college ball. I looked at her. I said, "I didn't do much." He he grew up in front of our eyes. And mm. I said, "This freshman year, I said I wanted to kill the kid." Mm-hmm. She's laughing. I said, "His senior year, he's one of my favorite kids ever." Mm. He grew up, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with the freshmen; it's more along the lines of we just got to be patient, mm. and instill the, the expectations of the program into them, and you hope they buy in.
0: Mm.
1: You know, if they want to keep playing, they buy in. It's real simple.
0: Yeah, I, freshmen most of the times don't even know they don't know. Oh They're just gosh, no. like walking through, like, I, I don't, I, they don't even, aren't even aware. And in my experience, limited experience as a head coach, sometimes you I have to tone my assistance down a little bit. Like, yeah. hey, man, that's a, he doesn't, he has a long way to go and we're trying to help him get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I'll tell you this. We used to bring freshmen up to varsity quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, philosophies on the staff kind of led to that. Um, but about 2018 or well, 19 for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We had our very solid freshman class come in. And um, I told my staff preseason, we will not bring one kid up. Mm-hmm. This group is going to stay together from day one to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, And we had a solid senior class that year. We ended up going undefeated regular season that season, 2019. And, you know, but I had – throughout the season, I had a coach come in. Hey, man, are you sure we can't bring Joe Schmo up?
2: No. Mm -hmm.
1: I said, you're Mm -hmm. leaving all of them. All 19 of them are staying. And Mm -hmm. it's paid off uh, because they're about to be seniors. And uh, we've got a solid group coming in for this year.
0: Mm -hmm. So talk about your philosophy on that. What makes you – Want to do that with like with a special freshman group like that if you can
1: well for one the idea of them playing together if they're a solid group they ought to win a lot of jb games mm. um and you know where the argument was with my it was my oc who was my assistant head coach i respect him more than any coach i've ever coached with or coached against or anything but he was all about i want them up they need to see varsity speed they need mm-hmm. to practice with varsity speed. I was always of the the camp, they need game experience. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the simplest form of our offense and defense at JV or whatever, they need to actually get out there and experience the adversity, experience whatever it is that comes and goes through a game as opposed to spending spend Friday night standing next to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and if you're able to do that, why not? Well, why would I bring a freshman up if I don't really need them? Mm-hmm. And, and so we've been blessed these past three seasons to not bring any of them up. You
2: know? mm.
1: We won't, I don't, I don't see any reason why we'd bring any up this fall, you know, except to maybe dress on a Friday, you know, a few of them. That's good. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. So coach, you keep talking about your offensive coordinator. I feel like you're an offensive guy and I know that because we've talked <laughs> before, talk about your offense and, and what that looks like and, uh, sure. yeah, just go from there, just kill it.
1: Yeah. So understand is I, when I was getting into coaching, um, I, I, once again, didn't, didn't play college ball. So I taught myself through, uh, videos, books. I read all kinds of books, so those coaching manuals, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the yearly Nike ones that would come out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, the funny thing is those things are so big. It was so hard to figure out what some of these guys were talking about, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm still not, up to speed on some of the verbiage that is used at various levels of football, you know, that some people might be, but I know what I know. Um, and when I was coaching in New Hampshire, we ran the the Hugh Wyatt version of the double wing uh, mm. those four years at that school. And while, you know, I was a defensive coordinator uh, during that time, but I knew what was up with that offense too. And it was, mm. it was amazing to have games where we would physically, mentally and every other e dominated another team mm. um but then when i moved to uh, virginia we were a wing t team for one year and then we went to a spread with a wing t concept uh for blocking and stuff like that and, and got very good at that when i came to york uh my, my real background in studying is an option football mm. i can watch army navy and air force for hours Hmm. Yeah, those, those, it's amazing what those guys are doing. I love it. Um, we did the Navy offense for one year, and then morphed quickly into more of a, a spread with a lot of option elements to it. Uh, but you, you're typical what you see today. You know, three receiver, four receiver. You know, sometimes empty set, mm-hmm. all that. And we ran that for quite a while. Had a couple of years where the quarterback was amazing, and had mm-hmm. a lot of years where the quarterback wasn't amazing. They were good. They're good high mm-hmm. school. But we were kind of held back. And uh, after uh, 2016, where we had a rough year, I was kind of done with the the idea of a quarterback-centered offense. Mm -hmm. And I was looking to move on. Now, my OC was still doing what he was doing. He was still with us. So I came across the single wing by accident. I was on Mm. YouTube one day trying to find some power-based offenses um, came across the Apopka offense. They have that 13-minute video. It's probably been viewed eight gazillion times. And I'm watching mm-hmm. guys run track meets. And I'm just sitting there amazed. And then that winter, we also went to watch the state championship. There was a school in Virginia called Stanton River, who at that time mm-hmm. was running the double tight uh, single wing. Really, really good. And mm-hmm. immediately I started studying that. So what we did, we instilled that as our goal line slash short as offense or a change-up to our spread. And uh, we would actually – the whole thing was called by NFL names. and Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what we did at that time. And so, like, for instance, uh, um, we, we used uh, – let's see – nicknames. So Steelers was sweep, Panthers was power blah, blah, blah. Simple stuff. We only had the base nine plays that, that'll pop mm-hmm. the runs. And we would practice it the first 10 minutes of practice every day. That's all we ever did um, with it. And it was starting to dominate
2: even mm. with
1: 10 minutes a day of, of practice. So uh, my coach, his name is coach Incriminius. Uh, he moved on to be the head coach at his alma mater in 2019. Mm. I moved in as the OC. So here I'm in 12 years as the head coach, and that was my first year as the OC. Mm. Um, I'd always let him have it, and uh, went undefeated that season. Broke the school passing touchdown record, which is shocking. You think? Oh about, my gosh! Yeah, because we're single wing. We threw we completed forty nine passes that season, but he threw twenty two touchdowns. Holy cow! Jesus. yeah. And this is a kid. He was a he's a decent quarterback, but he was definitely more of a fullback who just happened mm-hmm. to run around and chuck it. And mm-hmm. uh, we, were, we were quite successful uh, with what we did that year. Mm-hmm. So we've been pretty successful with it ever since. But re- really, my philosophy of offense, you know, if we're going to talk single wing and, and why I'm in the single wing mm-hmm. is, um, like I said, I didn't want to be quarterback-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to have the ability, and I, I've been saying this, it's my own terminology, deliberate power. I want to have the ability to be absolutely deliberate, Mm -hmm. run at somebody. I don't care if they know where I'm going. I don't care how many guys they put there. I'm coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the great thing about the single wing is when you're running the actual power plays, you are employing 10 blockers. And you're typically overloading the point of attack. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's a beautiful thing. And, And I'll tell you, the early years that we were running it, it wasn't pretty i mean it was fairly ugly and it mm-hmm. was still working mm-hmm. and they're going so if we can win if we can be successful with this
2: mm.
1: uh lord knows what can happen once, once we start getting good at it mm-hmm. uh, i'm still figuring things out yearly uh how to get better at it um we're employing a little more of an option out of it now so we have the ability to mm. get at people but also misdirect them some Some RPO, some spread RPO elements. Um, Mm. You know, to me, the definition of single wing, more than anything in the modern world, is you're unbalanced.
0: Oh, of course, yeah.
1: That's Mm -hmm. really what it is. You know, sure, yeah, we have a wing. I get it. You know, and we do it like a pop go. We we flex the receiver. Maybe people might call him a tight end. He's a receiver to us. Mm -hmm. We flex him out about three yards. The wings in that gap, Mm -hmm. and and really everything we do is based on what what are you lining up to our strong side and what are you putting in my alley i call it the app mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and based off of that here we go mm-hmm. you know um and then we always want to see what they're doing on the back side for the counters and and the wing back the, the wing back counter for all intents and purposes mm-hmm. uh, and how can we attack backside and it it's pretty interesting because what you'll find over time is teams decide we're either taking one side away or the other.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: That's, that's ultimately what it breaks down to. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's Mm kind of where it goes with that. But I love the element of the, of the unbalanced line because some teams know what to do. Some teams don't. Mm -hmm. And at least where we are, when you go to the playoffs, and you're taking on teams you haven't seen all year, it gets really interesting what they're mm-hmm. doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start doing some key breakers, some misdirection, and you got guys running in circles out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that happened in both of our playoff games this year. Now, the team we keep losing to is down the street from us uh, in mm-hmm. Hampton. They're a very, very successful team, and they're just good. Um, but we've actually been able to hit them a few times with some good stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the misdirection elements. Now you're at Power T, right?
0: Yeah, we have we have gone to that. Yes. We were I I pro Power yep. I last year. We've gone to yep. the power T stuff. Yep.
1: Now with power T are you talking literally you're going at these guys or are you are you all the misdirection stuff? Both.
0: Both, okay. yeah. So yep. I mean the base of it is trap power, keep, keep pass, yep. and all that looks the same. Like yep. for the you know, the fullbacks going Towards the pulling guard, right, not the weak side, because you're double tight, you're balance. So you know, tr- starts trap power, keep, keep pass. You can run counter off it. Counter for a lot of guys is not like a, it's not a base play. It's something you may run every once in a while because you're trying to hit the line with speed. So it's based. Uh, how I learned it was it's based on the stopwatch. How fast can you break the line of scrimmage with the yep. fullback or the halfback? Now that the keep plays different because that's the quarterback faking power. They're running yep. off the edge. Um. Then you can run. You can run just straight dive, like a fullback dive or a halfback dive, Uh and then a toss, like a full like Trojan sweep toss too.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's the argument in today's at least run run based world. If you under center, you can hit it quicker. If you're in the gun, you got more guys. It, it, there's all, right. all this stuff you can argue right. about. And trust me, I don't know how many times I've thought about the ability to walk up on the center, you know, we just walk up to it and then boom, it a, hit a quick trap. And I'm like, uh, let's just catch the ball each time. Let's, let's not worry about on the center. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, last year, one of our best plays was quarterback sneak. We were inside the five. It's I'm calling it at least twice, you yep. know, cause people are waiting. We had a, a tailback that was honorable mention all states. They're waiting for us to give it to him. And we hit the, you know, the quarterback sneak for like a five yard touchdown. <laughs>
1: You've just been there. Like, you know what I mean. Been there. my 2019 team was like that. Uh, mm. That that kid that threw the touchdown passes. He was also a great quarterback sneak guy. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. But you know what? What's cool about both of our offenses is that you have the ability to go right at guys, but you also mm. have the ability if whether you if you can't go at them or mm-hmm. you just don't want to go at them, you have the ability to misdirect them mm. and, and run them all over the field. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: what what shocks me with the single wing at least is the flexibility that is offered in the offense, the stuff you can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like we're fooling right now. I, and this is important. We teach every single lineman to snap the football, your guy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when they come out and pre-practice, they're all practicing snaps. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't make them better or worse than the other guy. Right. But mm-hmm. we will never have, we'll never not have a center. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: we're fooling with the idea right now of doing a slide, where our guys will hop two steps, and my guard becomes the new center, and we're even. And
0: oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be that would blow my mind as a defense yeah, guy.
1: Because we're a flip team, so we'll line up in some single wing. We we have our base formation is called Ace. Mm-hmm. But I'll sit there, i say, hey, let's go flip and then run our power. Mm-hmm. And they know we line up in Ace, get a flip, the whole formation flips minus the two guards. Mm-hmm. We in playoffs we draw guys offsides five times a game mm-hmm. but during the season you'll always draw somebody or mm-hmm. they don't slide correctly and all of a sudden there's a gap
2: right mm-hmm.
1: and you know so we, we employ that kind of stuff. i'm that coach that ticks off those other coaches because we're gimmick guys you know with some of that stuff
0: well when you don't have like the best talent around you got to do that to some degree Cause you're trying to you're trying to even the playing field, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but you know whether you have the talent or not, they gotta prep for it.
0: That's, yeah, you're so, right. Yeah, you are yeah, right. So yeah,
1: I'm not apologizing.
0: <laughs> no, you shouldn't. No, and I mean, yeah. you know, with our, with our stuff, I mean, shoot, the, the base four or five plays, it all looks the same for the first like two or three steps. Yeah. So does the fullback have yeah. the ball? Does the halfback have the ball? Does The quarterback have the ball? Are we throwing it? or we run the boot pass away from it. And then our counter even looks like power. Yep. You know what I mean? Until the blast, a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Our counters are power, but you know, it's interesting. You said uh, my whole, my brain works in the concept of multiple plays that look like the same thing.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Everything. My whole Mm -hmm. mentality works that way. Now, single wing doesn't always work like that, but a lot of it does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that caught my attention with it. Now, we, we need to get better with the fakes on our team. We're not mm. great at it right now, but we don't do enough misdirection. We've been running at teams with our base nine plays coming right at them for a while, and we haven't needed to go heavy misdirection. We just right. have. To. Mm. Um, now, the day's coming. I'm going to have to. But, mm. you know, the other thing I love about it is we, we technically, right now, with the guys I have coming back to you, I have three passes in my offense. Um, huh. and you know, I call them a pitching staff as opposed mm. to quarterbacking. Like I said, we didn't want to be quarterback centered we, last year. We went, we went a uh, regular season, nine and one finished 11 and two. I went through four quarterbacks last year. Oh my gosh. And you know, at, at one or another and, and the main one did get hurt. He was out for quite a while. The others, it was like. This guy's hurt for this week, guy. Let's just play this kid. We had one kid. He's he looks like Robert Griffin III, mm. and he but he's he he's not as fluid as Robert Griffin III. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember we're playing a team, put him there. And we said, listen, if we call a pass play, it's going to be a go. I want you to chuck it as far as you can. Mm-hmm. And if we overthrow the guy, we'll live with it. You can't mm-hmm. under- him. Mm-hmm. He went. He went two for two that night for two touchdowns, <laughs>
2: oh,
1: and it was like, <laughs> like what the heck? And and like he's supposed, mm. one of them. He's supposed to do a spin action. No, he didn't spin. He just dropped back. He didn't know what he was doing. You
0: know. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So we were fortunate with that. But my wingback, my tailback, and my quarterback mm. all have the ability to throw the ball. And I'm even fooling with the idea that the quarterback and the tailback, I'm going to let them at times flip places. Mm just to flip places and let let the quarterback be the tailback for a play mm-hmm. or whatever um because I want them both throwing too and mm-hmm. you know, from mm-hmm. either spot mm-hmm. that's kind of where we are with that
0: that's awesome you know it's interesting you're talking about your offense i'm thinking when i was at nitro high school we played a team called Winfield and their head coach is Craig Snyder and he went to the same offense. So I'm ima- yeah. when you're when you're calling these plays, I'm imagining this like yeah. in my head like okay, yes, you know, that's what they ran and how they did yep. it and uh man, well, it was it was hard to line up to unless you well, we we were lucky to have a bye week before we played them. You know, yep. and you got declared a new center and how do you want to handle that and all that right. kind
1: of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, and some teams declare that center, some teams just play it normal. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but now, you're in West Virginia, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't remember. I don't remember what school he's at, but there's a guy out there, Tyler Ferris,
0: Bridgeport High School. It's our first okay. game of the year.
1: All right. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler was at Stanton River a couple of years ago. Yep. I ha- I'm apologizing now. He's the the genius of the single wing. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Really good. Really good at what he does. So, uh, anyway, okay.
0: I just texted him a question tonight about something. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna text him and tell him you said that because I remember he was offensive line coach at Morgantown High School in yeah. 2017, and I was the head coach at Riverside, and we went up there and beat him in overtime. Yep, but they had like he wasn't calling the plays there. They had dabbled in like they right. were part single wing, part like spread because yep. Coach Holgerson's son was their quarterback, Dana Holgerson's son. Okay. so they couldn't fully commit to the single wing with Coach Holgerson's. <laughs> quarterback so it was, it was wild though it, it was he did some good stuff with their run game though it was it was
1: hard to prepare for yeah uh please tell him i said hi i will and for sure even as a t guy you should get with him someday and have him teach you his blocking number rule system mm-hmm. i still even can't explain it but it's it's outstanding and um uh, we'll he that someday
0: he has like some videos on uh like some kind of coach's channel where he goes through all that. I need to buy it before we play him. <laughs> so we can that, we can learn from it, you
1: know. I would. I um, would. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: So when you talk so, about your version versus like the traditional single wing, how different would your you say your version is?
1: I'm not as uh misdirection oriented. Um I'm not as backfield action oriented. I'm a little more deliberate than they are. Um uh and the, he's solid double tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I go double tight once in a blue moon. I almost always have the, the Flex guy. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll do much more spread elements than him. Mm-hmm. Um at least the single wing that I saw at Stanton River, they sat one formation. They never even flipped at the other side. Oh. They, were, they were extremely good. Uh the, mm-hmm. the state the state record holder for career yards uh in Virginia came from Stanton River. He had he had 2800 yards twice. Um, oh my
0: gosh. Wow. Uh,
1: they were throwing numbers up there. So I'll tell you, there, there's and from a philosophy standpoint, um when the single wing really got rolling with us, I started doing this. I was always a a, a kickoff defer guy.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Because
1: because why not? Let's take the ball second half. Mm-hmm. Once we really got going with single wing, I stopped. Really? And yeah, we take the kick every week and what i've found as a result we're receiving the kick in a regular season eight out of ten games the reason mm. for that is most everybody else defers but not yeah, only true. that yeah. yeah but not only that we have a philosophy i tell my kids if my kid any of my kids were to sit down next to me right now and i ask them what do i tell them before every game we tell them great team set the tone in the first three to five plays
2: yeah
1: and yeah yeah how many times in football have you been punched in the mouth right by a Mm -hmm. great team and you're like oh this is gonna be a long night Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we attempt to be the puncher and Mm -hmm. what what i try to do with my opening drive is if nothing else hold the ball for five to seven minutes at least try to establish two first downs and let the other defense know immediately this might not be very fun
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um you know, and I do a 12-play script like everybody else, but there's things I'm trying to do in those 12 plays. One, I, I try to touch the ball on five different guys' hands in those 12 mm. I set it mm. up that way so that the other team sees, oh, we got some dudes coming.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And then, of course, I'm trying to find things out like everybody else while I'm doing those 12 plays. But what we found 2019 and 2021 uh, 20, we only had a four-game year, so let's, that's a, another conversation for another Yeah, game. right. But I, I think in 20 regular season games, we've scored on the opening drive 16 of them. Oh, gosh. Um, And about five times before that, before I hit the 12 plays, we had 14 points.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, now, jeez.
1: that's players, too.
0: Okay? Oh, for sure, yeah.
1: We had a stud this past year, rushed for 2,150 yards, a tailback. Um, oh, jeez. My first time ever having a guy hit – well, for me as a head coach, having a guy hit 2,000 yards. He was a dude. He's going to Norfolk State mm-hmm. next year. He's really, really good. Um, mm. But, you know, when you have a guy like that, you kind of know opening up, uh, we can we can kind of get behind this kid for a little bit. And...
0: Yeah, that's a great point about making people aware that it's going to be a long night. <laughs> you know, that's that's really – that's really good.
1: I mean, you can set the tone by by punching the team three and out and making them punt pretty quick too, sure. But if you don't get them three and out, they might be the ones setting that tone. And I, mm. I'm i adamant. Mm. And, you know, we've only gone three and out in the opening drive, I think, twice in the last two years. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, knock on wood, hopefully we can keep doing that this year. But mm-hmm. there's a clear... Philosophy involved in that, and the players want the ball; they mm-hmm. want
0: it. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. so that's kind of where we are with it.
0: I, I want you to know, I texted Coach Fairs as you, when you told me that you guys know each other, and he said yeah. he, he's talking about you. He said he's the man. Tell him I said hello. So, Coach, so, you're the man. Is what he what he just told me.
1: Shoot, I'm learning from him. He needs he needs to knock it off, but uh, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a great guy, and his brother is too.
0: So, yeah, they are. The school he's at, Bridgeport, they are traditionally a power in the state of West Virginia. I'm talking, so they went to the Final Four last year and lost to Martinsburg, who's won a ton of state championships here recently. Sure. Um, yep. They're completely outmanned the personnel-wise, but it was a close game. I think it was like 14 nothing or something like that.
1: Sure.
0: Um, so what do you guys run on defense to complement your single-wing stuff? What do you do there?
1: Well, so uh, first of all, my background's 4-4. Mm. Um, in New Hampshire, those years, we were highly successful. We are in what they called the Gap 20 4 mm. back in the day. Uh, loved it. Uh, I loved the versatility, but I also loved the simplicity of it. Um, in, in Around here, we had um, a kid a few years ago who just is about to graduate. Well, he just graduated from Richmond. He played four years defensive end at Richmond. Mm. He was the most dominant defensive player I've ever had, never seen. And We played mm-hmm. him in nose guard and went with a 5-3 and just came at people mm. for a couple of years. We are now, um, I, when my former player went over to my rival school, uh, he removed the old staff, and I went and grabbed one of those guys, um, and he came over and brought their 3-4. It's a slanting 3-4 mm. uh, defense, and... You know, we've got some decent personnel. Uh we're we're pretty good most of the year at getting guys right off the field. Um, you know, if a team is really good, they're gonna be good and you're gonna you're gonna have a dog fight on your hands. But mm-hmm. most games we're taking care of our business. Um and you know, we, we kind of have the philosophy and I hold to the philosophy of an attacking style defense where you run defensive plays, right? You know, you,
2: you mm, you're, yeah.
1: hit your gaps, you practice yeah. hitting those gaps. And then play ball from there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're kind of a cover four base uh, with how we do things. Uh, I've, in my own head, I'm a cover three guy all the way. Um, Mm -hmm. I just love the idea. Everyone knows exactly who's got what in a cover three. Mm -hmm. Cover four, sometimes there's a little, you know, you start running those crossing routes, guys get a little confused. Mm -hmm. But but we've done a good job with it. Um,
0: That's awesome. I want to send you our stuff right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We uh, we're a fifty-angle style of defense. Cool. Um, so, and really in the, like the same vein as like a a Bo Shembecker, okay, like Michigan was doing. Yep, b- back in the day. I guess our offense and defense are back in the day. Offenses and <laughs> defenses, yep. you know. Oh, but it all kind of cycles back, right? You know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, sure does. Um,
0: do your youth leagues middle school run what you run or do you just they run their own, own thing
1: they have been um up and down running elements of it i took my two middle school coaches a couple years ago and brought them up with me uh, okay and they're employing the whole thing with the jvs now but we just hired a new middle school coach who was the dad of one of my former tailbacks mm. when we started running single wing originally mm-hmm. um and that dad has incorporated what we've taken 100%. So really? We now, we now it's trickling down into our youth program, too. But the middle school is running our offense with our terminologies, uh, our rules, everything. Mm. So hopefully that pays off. It will, of course. It'll pay mm. off, off pretty quickly. Um, and I would assume that guy's probably gonna be around for a few too. I don't, I don't think he's in any hurry to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's awesome. So do you have one feeder theater, or two feeders? How does that work for you guys?
1: We have, we have one middle school. There's four schools in our uh, district. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. In our school division, there's four schools, uh, four high schools, four middle schools and like 15 elementary schools. We're all like 1100 students. Um, pretty big rivalries. Cause we're all like eight miles away from each other mm. we all play in the same stadium which is in my backyard um, oh wow so like this coming year we've got six home games but two of our away games is against our rivals mm. we're not leaving the stadium that's eight home games
0: let's <laughs> let's just be honest awesome. with
1: ourselves their yeah. band shows up fine but it's really our home game so wow
0: do you all um, have turf i'm guessing yeah oh I that's gotta nice have turf for that. yeah you got to yeah gee whiz yeah that's 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 awesome so what are you uh, as far as special teams? Are you a gambler? You said you like to receive the kick. Do you like to do spunky things with that? Or are you just, I want I just um, want the ball, basically?
1: All right. So I used to be a special teams coordinator when I was at Essex. So uh-huh. I, I do have some background on that. Um, uh, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, I crack up at this. Uh, all the coaches, every coach says uh, they put a significant amount of emphasis and time on their special teams. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Mm. Okay. Nobody, I mean, some coaches, yeah, they're excellent at what they do. A lot of coaches say they do and they don't. And sometimes you can see it blatantly on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, we put the time we feel is necessary in to make our special teams as effective as possible without stealing time from the other stuff. Um, we hit it every single day. Uh, we have, it, it's either going to be team or it's going to be, uh drill oriented by special team itself. Mm-hmm. do field goal every single day no matter what right mm-hmm. off the bat you know, right after we stretch. So we always hit that. Um, but my my thing on special teams is have a scheme that is extremely simple. don't don't get crazy with it. Keep it as simple as possible, mm-hmm. but practice the fool out of that simple scheme. Mm-hmm. and you become highly effective. And so our our kickoff return team is really good, and we're double-wedge. We don't do anything fancy, mm-hmm. right? and we're never going to. Kickoff changes every year based on your kicker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, my superstar mm-hmm. last year was my kicker and my punter. He put 75% of the kickoffs in the end zone.
2: Oh, Who geez, cares? Yeah, right, right, yeah.
1: Run down the run down the field, stay in the lanes, don't worry about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if I have a guy that can't do that, then we're we're putting it in the coffin corners, and you know we're mm-hmm. we're playing some games. We do a lot of uh, pooch kicks and stuff like that. Mm. Um, punt return, we're we're an attacking style, but you know we live in a world now where it's almost impossible to return punts. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many punts do you return a year? I feel like we do we return two a year now.
0: It's not many, yeah, no, no.
1: no. So mm-hmm. the important one is punt, you know, and that's your pride team. Everybody calls them, you know, something or else. And you know, I feel like you know, the punt team philosophy we have—we have the ability to fake a punt at any point in time if the if the opportunity presents itself. Sure. Um, I feel like my punt team, you know, it's kind of like those POWs in World War II, like in that movie, The Great Escape, mm. where they're tr- they're building the tunnels trying to escape for the purpose of creating havoc amongst the Nazi SS. Sure. Right.
0: Yeah. Heck yeah.
1: And. You know, just causing trouble. So mm-hmm. my punt team exists for the purpose of let What can we do to cause some trouble with these guys mm-hmm. on the other side? Now I'm never going to kick or punt to a good player. Mm-hmm. I'll tell my punter, man, kick it 15 yards out of bounds before you kick it down the field.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't.
1: Uh, if that guy is good, don't be kicking it to him. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So, coach, as we as we land the plane on the podcast, yeah. I would love some wisdom to a coach that's looking to have some longevity, how to to be able to, Hey, I want to do this for a long time at a high level. What are some things that you have learned along the way to help you do that? Cause you've obviously done that and are doing that.
1: So I'm in my 25th year coaching, which blows me away to say Mm -hmm. that, um, man, we get old fast. It's crazy. But, uh, Mm a few things, real simple, uh, embrace the journey, it is about the journey. It's not about the wins and losses. Um, the second you spend all your time looking at W's and L's, you're in trouble. Um, you, you have to enjoy it for what it is. That's the relationships you build with the kids, the time you spend making these kids better kids, better people, and better players, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I tell my guys three or four times a year, man, when you walk out tonight, you know, we got like smoke machines and stuff. Mm -hmm. We do a pretty cool entrance. I'm like, man, take this stuff in, man. Look at the lights. Look at the crowd. Look at your student Mm -hmm. section as you're coming out there. Take it in because one day you're going to be 30 and it's going to be long gone. Mm -hmm. So enjoy it while you can. And some kids are very good about that. Some kids have no idea what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, and, and with it being a journey, it's a game. Um, I, I'm not going to say I'm the best at it, but I'm definitely not the worst at it. If we lose a game, we lose a game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be a little down for a couple of days, but I'm not going to sit there and go kick my dog or anything stupid like that. It, it's a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the second you let the losses really jump on you, your days are limited.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And, and, you know, but also if you spend 24, seven, on football, uh, you're in trouble. Okay? Mm. You got to have other stuff. I was on a paddle board two days ago. Played mm. the saxophone in church today. You know, mm. band. You got to have some other stuff that you can get away to, um, because your your brain needs it. Mm. And you know, I don't know about you. I don't know. I know most coaches do it. I, I'm 14. I'm going into year 15 as a head football coach. I've never had a Sunday meeting. Never we happens. stopped
0: We stopped last year. Yeah. Yep.
1: You find that they're unnecessary as long as your coaches are looking at huddle the way they need to and they're doing what they need to do on their end. And you can communicate through texting or a quick phone call, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of bringing them in, watching eight gazillion hours of film together, it's just not necessary in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not going to do it. And yeah. And by the way, we don't meet Saturdays either. Uh, Mm -hmm. we just don't meet Mm -hmm. um if i need to meet with them we'll meet after practice monday uh you know we'll we'll get our stuff done there but Mm -hmm. it's it's rare we even do that Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's we're the same way huddle's allowed to to do it at home and then basically all i do is i say hey somebody's got laundry this week on the weekend and that's it yeah
1: yeah i mean it's, it's you know and that that's a fair way to do all that stuff uh you know and then a couple other things uh, i i said this to you the other day i always say it to any new coach in any sport it takes three years to make the the program yours hmm. um i know that there are coaches who walk into a program and win in their first year um win championships in their first year maybe even the first two years and some of those guys they've they've done it better than me Right. Some of them have inherited something that was outstanding to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not, you know, after year one and two, you'll say you go to two two state championships. Let me know how year three goes because that's the year you're really, Mm -hmm. really instilling everything as yours, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And so coaches have to be patient and and administrators have to be patient. Let the Mm -hmm. coaches get their program running. Uh, I'm a big guy about that. And then, Mm -hmm. Last thing is, you know, your culture is something, in my opinion, that's evolving. Um, there are there are some programs in this country, a few, that do the same thing every single year, no matter what, never changes, never alters, and it's just that's how it's going to be forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. More power to them. Uh, mm-hmm. What I've found over the years is you evolve over time. You mm-hmm. you you start to eliminate things, you start to add things over the years you know, we have the same saying at the end of every single practice before and after every single game that we all do together. Um, I even messed with it a little bit this spring. I was going to change one word of it and, and we tried it and the whole player, the whole team looked at me and said, you can't do that. Can't
2: do Mm.
1: that. You can't touch what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't change, you know, and and that's practice, prepare, compete and live like a champion. And that's, that's, that's our mantra. And we don't go away Mm -hmm. from that. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are other elements of the culture that have to change or or else it gets stale.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when we went 1-9 in 2016, some things had gotten stale. That's not why we went 1-9. But things had gotten stale, and it gave me the opportunity to reset, hit the reset, mm-hmm. and then start putting some things in that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, involving the school more in the team. It's not about us right playing for a name on a jersey so you know Mm. we do a lot of stuff we do the alma mater with the band after every game Mm. now and the student section and all that that's our way of thanking those people for coming out to watch us and support us Mm -hmm. because it is we're doing we're playing for something much bigger than ourselves Mm. that has to be understood
0: heck yeah coach you're full of wisdom thank you for coming on doing this this has been great
1: hey thank you man it was it was fun uh I know it's kind of long. Uh, sorry about that, but it was fun.
0: No, this is good. It's a podcast, Coach. We don't have any time limits here. We just go and do it, you know?
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Coach, listen, I want to wish you the best of luck. And, uh, you know, I'll be keeping my eye out for you now.
0: Oh, thank you, Coach. I really appreciate that. Your first class.
1: Okay. Awesome. Thank you.